Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. A weekend. Just give me one second. Just give me one second here. I got to share the show and all that. Let you guys get in here. Are you kidding me with this day? Everything about this day, not just what just happened, where Alabama just lost in College Station. Give me one second. Give me one second. Let me get this out here. Okay. It is out. All right. Here we go. On. Unbelievable, unbelievable! Uh, what a day! Are you? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? My gosh! It, it, college football is the greatest sport on earth. Like, unbelievable day! It, it had everything, and down goes Goliath. Alabama inevitable, no more. Are you? I, I can't stop just saying this. Are you kidding me with this day? Welcome in late, late, late night live stream. My name is Michael Borky. I'm glad to be with you. Are you kidding me? What a day. What a day. We've got so much to talk about. Alabama just went down to Texas A&M. I mean, the Aggies just kicked the game-winning field goal. Zach Calzada. Zach Calzada. What a warrior. Let me pull up his stats. Um, That guy has been awful since he took over for the injured Haynes King. He has just been awful, awful. And against the best team in America at home, he, I mean, he can't, he's been brutal. And he goes 21 of 31 for 285, three touchdowns at one interception. And he got rolled up on, got rolled up on, it looked like he broke his ankle. I don't know how he was just able to complete that drive, but he did it. Oh, I mean, just an incredibly gutsy performance. He and Isaiah Spiller both. I mean, I mean, Isaiah Spiller, his numbers don't jump off the page at you, but man, he had a tailbone injury. He was struggling to to run or do anything on the sidelines. The fighting Texas Aggies. The fighting Texas Aggies decided to play well, and Jimbo Fisher earned his paycheck of $750,000 for one game. Wow. Wow. God, I love it. What is, I mean, what a year. What a year so far. I mean, this is week six, right? Six weeks in. I do not remember. I do not remember a college football season that had this much chaos. This much chaos. Kentucky's good? I I mean, Kentucky's good. Iowa might be a playoff team. Alabama just lost to Texas A&M, who's awful. So we thought. A&M's coming off of losses. They got dominated by Arkansas. They got beat by Mississippi State at home last week. They turn around and beat Alabama. BYU lost today, so they're out. But like Cincinnati's one of the best four teams in the country right now. Brett says, calm down. Don't wake that baby up. I know. I got I'm trying to keep it low. He's don't wake the baby. Don't wake the baby. He's right there. What a day. I mean, you had Ole Miss Arkansas 52-51. You had uh, the Red River shootout, which was just stupid, just so much fun. And then Iowa coming back on Penn State after Clifford got hurt, which, you know, that's really the difference in that game. But still, Iowa, I mean, the scene at Kinnick Stadium today was unbelievable. Ed Orgeron is going to get fired. LSU lost to Kentucky. They're 3-3. Three and three. And then that, what just happened, what a day. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Zach Calzada, what, what a, just a, Freaking 
I mean, just a gutsy performance from a guy that did not look like he belonged at all on the football field in the SEC. And here he comes. Here he comes and beats the number one team in America. Texas A&M controlled the lines of scrimmage today. Wow. Wow, what a day. So welcome in. I'm Michael Borky, in case I haven't told you that already. Uh, If you're a first-time viewer of this or anything like that, uh, please subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Uh, I go live every day at, uh, at 8 a.m. on YouTube uh, and also late, very late on Saturday night. What what a day. What a day. How did that just happen, Patrick? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. There is nothing about this game that should have led to an Alabama loss. No, I mean, nothing, nothing about it. And yet, and yet here we are. I have no idea how that happened. Um, it, Texas A&M just had a, a dream start. Alabama threw an interception in a goal-to-go situation. Um, Alabama played poorly, a lot of drops. But A&M controlled the line of scrimmage. They were able to get to Bryce Young. Wow. I mean, that team lost to Arkansas and State in back-to-back weeks and just beat Alabama. Unbelievable. T, I'm with you. I love college football. My gosh. I I have on this stream before said that I prefer the NFL product over college. I'm an idiot. It does not get better than today. It really does not get better than today. Wow. Mike, I remember that. You got to give Richard crap for it. Mike said wrong team favored in College Station. Close. Dallas, but Dallas College Station nearby. Anyway, college football is weird. It's more than weird, man. I, I, I don't think weird's an adequate word. I don't think there is an adequate word. It's just college football. It is inconsistent, unpredictable, electric, chaotic. All of those adjectives molded into one beautifully imperfect thing. Wow. Williams says, <laughs> Williams says, Borky, what will recover faster? The old Miss uh, defensive line's fourth quarter injuries or Alabama's ego? Um, I'll tell you what. Mississippi State is catching Alabama at the absolute worst possible time next week, though. The worst possible, worst possible time. I mean, no. A pissed off Alabama after a loss is never when you want to play them. I mean, this team lost to state. Yeah, that team lost to Arkansas. That team got smoked by Arkansas. KJ Jefferson got hurt in the third quarter of the AM game. It would have been more than what it was. And again, Zach Calzada has been a disaster. He's been awful. AM hasn't been able to score on anybody. And yet, and yet. Texas Texas A&M winning this game after losing to State makes about as much sense as uh, I don't know. Okay, Yzma and Kronk beating Kuzco and Pacha back in the secret lair in Emperor, Emperor's New Groove. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all. I have no idea. Will Bama stay at one or drop to number two? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll probably just fall to two. No, you know what's going to be hilarious? Is Alabama is going to be ranked behind Cincinnati when the polls come out on Monday. <laughs> uh, Williams says, holiday weekend banks closed, so they didn't clear yet, so no help from officials for Alabama. Uh, Alabama got away with one in, uh, in a legal procedure. Uh, that should have been called on that wide-open touchdown that tied the game. Uh, they got lucky there. They got lucky there. College football is chaos. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, speaking of penalties, I mean, just Alabama didn't play well tonight at all. I mean, it was penalties, big plays called back on holding, blown assignments, dropped passes, and Calzada played the game of his life. I mean, it's shocking, but it's also not shocking when you – really boiled down how Alabama played, especially in the first half. Um, they didn't play well. They didn't play well. What was it? 
the year two loss, LSU won the BCS. That year was crazy, but most of that was at the end of the year. Um, Brett says, honestly, Ole Miss's Atlanta hopes are not dead. They're not dead, but I, I wouldn't reserve hotels just yet. I mean, they gave up almost 700 yards to Arkansas today. <laughs> Lord, this is going to shake up the polls. Yeah, let's look at those. Let's see. I, I don't even remember what the top 25, or even the top of the top 25 was. I look at them, but I don't really pay attention until the college football playoff committee starts making the poll. I mean, that's the one to really pay attention to. You guys know that. Uh, let's see. Rankings. I cannot believe that. That's Alabama's first unranked loss since 07. Since 07. Okay, so the AP Top 25. Um, Alabama lost. Here, I'll share this with, with you guys, actually. I'll share this with you. Forgive me being a little monotone. I just uh, can't wake the baby. Okay, so uh, AP Top 25. You guys can see this, right? Yes, you can. Alabama won, so they'll fall somewhere. Penn State also lost. They'll fall somewhere. Oklahoma should fall. They won't, but they should. Um, Michigan should fall. This is interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a huge shakeup. I mean, Georgia's going to be number one. Iowa, two. Cincinnati, three. Would you put Oklahoma four? You have to. They're undefeated. Um, Alabama, Ohio State. So Alabama at six. But man, I mean, Ohio State's loss is much better than Alabama's right now. And then Ohio State's loss is to the number eight team in America. So yeah, major, major shakeup coming for uh, for sure. Fresno State now has transitive wins over both Clemson and Alabama. Uh, Memphis has a transitive win over Alabama. Temple has a transitive win, right? Because didn't Temple beat Memphis? Let's look at Temple's schedule. Maybe. I think Temple has a. And they got beat by Cincinnati badly yesterday, 52 to 3. Ooh. So let's see. Yeah, so Temple beat Memphis. Rutgers has a transitive win over Alabama. <laughs> oh, man. Good things happen when you rush more than three. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, Luke, what just happened in College Station? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, chaos. I mean, but here's the thing. A&M going into the season was supposed to be good on uh, the lines of scrimmage. They were the better team up front for the most part in this game. They were able to pressure Bryce Young. Uh, they were able to protect Calzada enough to where he could distribute the football. They they won the line of scrimmage. They won the game. Golf announcer voice engage. Yeah, I was a little too excited at the jump, but can't wait the baby. Sack said, uh, Pork, there is one thing that should have led to an AM win. Bama has been weak. Uh, to run, and Spiller could have gone off for a win. I know he got hurt, but they had 90 total rushing yards. Um, yeah, yeah, he got hurt. Um, he's a hell of a player, though. And come, just coming back in this game, both he and Calzada, after the injuries, I mean, they were on the sidelines. They could barely walk, and yet I guess that adrenaline got pumping and they were able to pull it off. It's crazy. Daniel says, Borky, I heard Richard Cross is involved in that one-second clock, clock stop. Is that true? Yeah, he was showing off. And uh, if he wouldn't have caught the ball that was sailing out of the back of the end zone, the game would have been over. But he caught the ball, so the clock operator stopped the clock faster than if he would have let it hit the ground. Um, but he, you know, you know him. He had to show off. So, yeah, it's his fault. It is definitely his fault. Um, as a state fan, I hate what Bama is going to do to us next week. Yes, yeah, Scott, unfortunately, unfortunately, this is a terrible time. Like I said earlier, it's a terrible time to catch Alabama. I, <laughs> ooh, um, yeah, not fun. The thing about state this weekend is, is to just 
look like they've taken another step forward. You know, that, that's really what you're hoping for. You hope to come out of this game healthy because the final six games for State are all winnable. All of them. Um, Kentucky will be tough. They're really good. Uh, the Egg Bowl will be tough because Ole Miss can score. But every game is a winnable football game for State after this one. So just get out of it healthy. Continue to look better on the offensive line. Uh, the last couple of weeks, State's been really good up front for the most part. Um, I mean, against this A&M team, this A&M team, 63 dropbacks, four sacks, three sacks. 63 dropbacks, three sacks. Against that A&M team, that got to Bryce Young. Um, so State's offensive line is getting better. That's what you want to see. Same concept with Ole Miss last weekend. You don't have the roster that's ready to compete with Alabama yet. You, you, you don't. Even that Alabama that just lost in College Station, you don't. So what you want to see is improvement in certain places. Offensive line play, Rodgers continuing to be efficient with the football, but testing opponents vertically and getting out of it healthy because your back six are very, very manageable and winnable for sure. Um, Scott says we're going to lose 100 to nothing. Uh, <laughs> T says cut the crap about Young greater than Corral now. Yeah, that um, you know, Bryce Young threw for a lot of yards tonight because of volume and not because of because of efficiency. Um, Matt Corral is the best quarterback in America right now today. Could that change? Certainly. Could he have a bad game down the road? And yeah, no doubt. But if you told me to pick right now today from what you've seen, who is the best quarterback in college football this season? Um, the answer lies in Oxford. It it does. It absolutely does. And at least now, especially, T, we get to cut the crap of Spencer Rattler being ahead of him in any draft board or anything. I mean, at least that conversation gets to end after today. He's not even the best quarterback on his team. And there was nothing about him that was better than what Corral could do, uh, regardless of what pro football focus would rank him. They'll still probably find a way to put him ahead of Corral. But we can stop having that conversation today, too. That's nice. Um, Mike says Ross is offering Jimbo a contract extension right now. <laughs> Daniel says Bam will be number four, probably. They shouldn't be. It should be Georgia. Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. And Ohio State's playing really well right now, too. I would put Alabama ahead of Ohio State, but Ohio State's playing really well right now. Um, Bama won't fall past four. They should, but I wouldn't be surprised. Jason says, second game this year that Alabama has been outplayed up front. It's not a coincidence. Well, they outplayed Ole Miss last week. <laughs> Yeah, but full, I mean, it, are they just bad on the road? Is that what it is? Look good at home. Struggled in Gainesville. Struggled in College Station. Patrick says a lot of folks upset with Durkin. If the offense wins the rest of the games, what do you do there? Does Kiffin make a change? Um, yeah. I, here's the thing. I think the people that are calling for them to get out of the three, two, six, my, my question in response, it's the same thing from last week. If you go to a four man front, who's number four, who's the fourth defensive lineman you bring in. The problem with Ole Miss right now is they don't have depth on the defensive line. They, they don't, they simply don't have enough depth to, to have a four man front. That's effective. I don't hate the fact that they've gone to a 3-2-6. What I don't like about the 3-2-6 is when you get teams like Arkansas today multiple times in obvious passing downs, second and long, third and long, they only bring three. There, there was rarely any extra pressure. Chance Campbell got a sack when he was really kind of a spy and went for it. They brought pressure on the final, the final play of the game when the two-point conversion got to uh, Jefferson and you know he sailed a throw. They rarely brought pressure, and you know maybe they've decided just you know pick your poison, hope that that they can cover long enough. But the amount of times on on third and long today that Ole Miss just sent three 
against five, a good five from Arkansas. Um, I mean, it didn't even look like they had any kind of stunting or anything. It was just that they defended Arkansas today the way you're supposed to defend the air raid almost. That was really frustrating. If you're going to give any quarterback six seconds to throw a ball, doesn't matter what you're down in distance is. He's going to find somebody open eventually. That was incredibly frustrating to watch today, honestly. There are some things about the defense that still, like, Durkin can't fix. Tackling's an issue still. Um, physicality at the point of attack. I mean, they, they don't have enough defensive linemen to run an adequate four-man front just yet. Um, Miles Battle needs to be playing corner more than he is. Uh, he played well when he was in the game. He needs to play more. There are some personnel deficiencies, uh, stuff like that. Penalties were also a problem. Uh, they, they would have gotten a stop to set up a third and long, but there was a face mask, stuff like that. Um, there was another stop, obvious horse collar, like the one thing on the back of a guy that you can't grab. I think it was Mark Robinson. Pulled him down by the – just the one part on the back of his body you can't grab, and he grabbed it and gave Arkansas free first down there. So penalties um, – Poor tackling, but that was so frustrating. They were just conceding no pressure on third and long. And and you're not going to win many games like that. You're not going to win many games like that. So Cross was a dick? Yeah. That's daily. (laughs) Uh, As an Ole Miss fan, I need State to beat Alabama, Taylor says. Um, I think you can wait. A a little while before that. No disrespect to State. You you guys just... the state fans that consume my content and hear me and stuff, I appreciate you guys because you know where I'm coming from. I'm not being flippant. The roster's not ready yet. Ole Miss's roster wasn't ready yet. So I would wait a couple weeks, Taylor, before before that. Um, yes, Alabama did lose. Yeah, they did. Um Scott asking, what do you think about Kentucky after today? Contender or pretender? I still fall into the pretender category. I am not yet sold on Kentucky. Uh, I I just, one, I think LSU's quit on Ed. I think it's clear when you watch them play. They've completely quit on Ed. They've they've quit on him. Um, It's over for him. It's over. Uh, Scott Woodward's probably got his hot list ready. And just if you're an Ole Miss fan watching this, just get used to it. Lane Kiffin's name's going to be on it, on every hot list out there. He's going to be on it. Get used to it. Don't let it bother you. He, I mean, I don't know if he'd be a real candidate or not, but he's going to be on there because that name gets clicks always and forever. So it's just, it's going to be there. Um, but Ed's team has quit on him. They have. It's over. Uh, I have, going into the week, kind of thought that Kentucky was a pretender. But what even is a pretender anymore? I mean, a pretender for what? The SEC championship? No, I don't think they're ready for that. They'll get beat by Georgia this weekend. They run a similar style as Georgia with worse athletes. They're not winning this weekend. But in terms of, like, being a Sugar Bowl team, an Access Bowl team, um, is their ranking legitimate? Yes. Yeah. Um, so contender in that sense, sure. Contender for a conference championship, n- no. Uh, they're not there yet. I, I think they still have have limitations offensively that will s- prevent them from, from doing that. But can they play in an access bowl? Absolutely. Are they deserving of their number 16, which will improve ranking? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely they are. Mark Stoops has done a hell of a job. Done a hell of a job. Will Alabama lose another game? Not until the SEC championship. No, Justin, I have not heard uh, the new song, I Hate Alabama by Connor Smith. I have not. (laughs) But, hey, you know, on a night like this, sounds pretty good. Memphis Rebel says, this game is stupid. Wouldn't be surprised if A&M loses to Ole Miss. I wouldn't either. A&M got smoked by Arkansas two weeks ago in a neutral site. I mean. Yes, this game, college football, is stupid in the most amazing way possible. Mike says, Cristobal back to Miami and Diaz to to Oxford as defensive coordinator. Uh, Here's your Max Kellerman take of the night. 
uh, Oregon's a better job than Miami. And Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon for Miami, I know it's home and all that, would be a mistake professionally. It would. I'm not exactly convinced that Diaz is going to get fired either. I read something a couple weeks ago about the lack of desire to invest in the football program from a coach salary and buyout perspective. Uh, Kind of interesting. Doesn't sound like university leadership really gives a damn. Um, And maybe their hand gets forced or a booster comes forward or something like that. But Mario Cristobal going back to Miami uh, would be a professional mistake on his part if he did that. Bivens and Gordon on the inside. I hear you, man, but is that adequate? Is that worth taking uh, an extra defensive back, your best position group off the field? I don't know. I mean, I've got to see more. But right now, from what I've seen from the guys that don't start on the defensive line, they don't have enough of them to run an effective four-man front. Maybe they switch to it. I don't know. Um, it's not the, the three-two-six isn't the issue. It's what they're doing with it. Arkansas, bad example today, but Arkansas does that. Iowa State does that. It's not totally uncommon. It's just what they're doing with it is uh, is frustrating. On Dirk and Memphis Rebels says, give them another year if they still suck on de- on the defensive line, then you fire him. Wes says it's nice to be on the, this side of a close Arkansas game. Yeah, no doubt. That's serious. So Arkansas had won, what was it, four of seven going in? Um, something like that. I think it was four or seven. I don't remember. I, I had the game notes up the other day. and I, it, Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, that series has just been stupid and wacky and unpredictable. And today was just another perfect example of that. But, hey, yeah. At, uh, at least Ole Miss is on the winning side of that. Jason says the problem with that is if you blitz out of that, the three two six, the middle of the field is wide open to the quarterback run. Ole Miss was going to make Jefferson's arm beat them. Well, it did. It did. Uh, they had almost 700 yards of offense. Mike says Ed's going to get dropped in a fishing hole in the bay. <laughs> Uh, T, if the LSU job comes open tomorrow, will it still be open at the end of the season? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, because their candidates, I assume, will all be college coaches. Um, y- you know, I don't know where they're going to go. Most of these hot lists are, are just kind of people throwing names out there, which is why you get Kiffin on all of them. Um, but, for example... Scott Woodward is a guy that is clearly a elephant hunter. It's what he is. He wants to make a splash. Doesn't even care if the fit's right. Just wants to make a splash. He did it with Jimbo when he was at AM. He did it with Buzz Williams when he was at AM. He's going to try to do the same thing uh, at LSU. Part of me wonders if he has too much hubris to hire a guy like Billy Napier, because that's not flashy enough. Although Billy Napier at LSU would scare me. Geez, I, I don't want that because I think he'd be phenomenal at a place like LSU. Um, could he go get James Franklin? I, I think so. I think he'd be there. He, I think he'd be dumb to not call Lane Kiffin. Sorry, Ole Miss fans. I think he would. I think he's going to. Um, he and Jimmy are going to talk for sure. Um, but but who else? I mean, who else is out there that would be that kind of a huge splash hire? At a place like LSU, would Mark Stoops jump from Kentucky to LSU? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's going to be a very interesting coaching search. Joe Brady's going to say no. They're going to ask, but he's going to say no. He's in line for an NFL head coaching job very soon. Very soon, if even as early as this coming year. But Franklin, maybe Matt, I don't know. Maybe he calls Matt Campbell, but based on what I know about Scott Woodward. He's going to try to make a splash. Well, what is a splash? Jason, yep, on Oregon's imminent future endeavors, there's no excuse for LSU ever getting manhandled like that. Borky, get to the oldest game. All right, fine. All right, fine. Fine, fine. All right. Wow, what a game that was. All right, Ole Miss, Arkansas, 52-51, the final score in what was one of the goofiest, stupidest, most amazing football games that you could see. And we'll start with Matt Corral because we have to. 
we have to start with Matt Corral when he plays the way he did today. Uh, and, and it's the redemption thing. I mean, how many times when you were watching that game did Joe Tessitore mention the six interceptions from the Arkansas game a year prior? H- how many times did Joe De- – I mean, if, if you set the over-under at 30, I think I would go over. I think he said it over 30 times uh, through the course of the game that Matt Corral threw six interceptions against Arkansas a year ago. Um, that was a redemption game for him, and he delivered. He had to be basically perfect, especially in the second half, to get it done too and look at the performance that he turned out. Um, ever since that game a year ago, that's what people have been talking about. Anytime anybody, anybody would mention Matt Corral, that was implanted in there somewhere. Well, six interceptions against Arkansas going into the season, all the draft analysts and stuff. Yeah, hey, here's a wild card. He could have a Zach Wilson-like uh, upward trajectory, but he threw six interceptions against Arkansas at SEC Media Days. Hey, Matt, how are you? Remember that six-interception game against Arkansas? And then all week long, that's all anybody could talk about. He has been reminded of that game. And Kiffin said it in the post game. He's been reminded of that game for a year. It's been 12 months of six interceptions against Arkansas, six interceptions against Arkansas, six interceptions against Arkansas. That's all he's heard about. That's all the story has been. Corral's the supremely talented kid, but he did that. So him getting redemption today, and you could see the relief on his face uh, after the game, especially when he went up and hugged his family and stuff, that cool little moment. It's almost like he had a weight lifted off of his shoulders because everything, his life is going to change so much here soon. I mean, he will be a first-round pick. And any team that takes even Malik Willis over him are are foolish. He'll be a a single-digit pick. Knock on wood, Ole Miss fans, if he continues to play like this. He's a single-digit pick in the draft. Um, If you're an Ole Miss fan and you care about his future, I think you want the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade up into the first round because they're going to need a quarterback. Trade up into the top 10 and get him, and that will set him up for a bright future in football. But this was a redemption day for Matt Crown. He delivered. I mean, he absolutely delivered. He was 14 of 21, 287. That's 13 yards per attempt. 13 yards per attempt. Had a couple of touchdowns. Had 94 yards rushing in the game. A couple more touchdowns. He was flawless. He was flawless against what is a really good defense. Now, what I'm not going to do is the hindsight thing. And you guys know me. I I hate the hindsight stuff. And if you remember, if you're a State fan that's still with me, even though I'm talking about Ole Miss, you remember after you beat NC State, what did I say? That's a good win because that's a good football team. There's no spinning it. There's no way around it. NC State is good. I thought they were good going in. I think they're going to be good in the ACC. Just because State beat them does not mean anything. Remember that? I'm consistent. Going into this game, I believed Arkansas is a good football team because I think they are. They have wins, a dominating win over Texas A&M, who, again, just beat Alabama, and they dominated Texas. Their last two games they've given up was 89 points because they have played the most talented team in America in Georgia and the best quarterback in America in Matt Corral. I mean, just because they're not Georgia does not mean it's a good football team. Arkansas is a good football team. And I'm not going to do the hindsight thing today. I I can't stand when people do that. Oh, well, now Arkansas sucks. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. They just ran into, again, the best team in America, talent-wise and production-wise, and the best quarterback in America in consecutive weeks. And hell, should have beaten the best quarterback in America today. It's a good football team. Um. But that performance today, uh, deep ball, intermediate routes, running the football, he's a complete player. And the most important stat, the most important stat, as always, is that zero. He didn't turn the football over. Uh, Threw into coverage a couple of times, but it was more like, okay, Braylon, go make a play kind of thing and not ill-advised throws. It was just kind of like 50-50 balls, and you just you hope your receiver goes and makes a play. Um he has grown. He has absolutely grown uh, from a year ago. 
uh, with decision making. Uh, no doubt, decision making is better. Uh, it was just a special, special day for a special quarterback, and uh, I hope uh, I've said this, you know, all summer. And uh, I got an angry tweet a couple days or a couple weeks ago about how I've spent too much time talking about how Ole Miss fans need to enjoy Corral while you have him because he's special. Well, guess what? I'm going to do it again. Angry tweeter guy. Ole Miss fans need to embrace what they have while they have it Um, because you haven't had a quarterback like this since Eli Manning. They don't come around very often. Um, So enjoy him while you can. Go see him play while you can because kids like this don't come to your program very often. And it was it was a redemption day. It was a special day for for a really special football player, um, and he does Memphis Rebel. He plays like he's six four two thirty. He's got an edge. He's got an attitude. But one thing he's added to his game is better decision making. And if if he can continue making these sound decisions, he's a single digit pick. It's that simple. And these guys don't come around very often, so enjoy them while you got them because he's a special player. He's a really, really special player. Uh, the offensive line deserves a lot of credit today as well. Uh, no Caleb Warren for Ole Miss, next man up. Did a good job. Uh, I mean, all things considered, again, this is a, a good Arkansas football team. Are they Georgia? Are they Alabama? No, but it's a good Arkansas football team. And Ole Miss ran for 324 yards on 6.6 per carry. And Matt Corral had a significantly easier time in the pocket today. Just a much easier time in the pocket today for Matt Corral. And uh, that's offensive line play. They rose to the occasion today after getting dominated last week. They played better today. Uh, They cleared some holes. Kiffin said after the game they did some schemes that Arkansas really hadn't seen before. That helped some, but they protected much better and they ran the football and controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. Was it perfect? No, but it was a hell of a lot better than the first three weeks as well. Um, So excellent day from Corral. It was helped a lot uh, by the offensive line, and they did it all without Jerry and Ely. So no no Jonathan Mingo, no Jerry and Ely, no Caleb Warren. Other offensive linemen was banged up, and yet they performed like that. It was a hell of a day. Kiffin, Lebby, Corral, the offensive line, Snoop Connor. When you feed Snoop, look what happens. Uh, Henry Paris was really good today. Uh, Plumley had a couple of big catches. I know you guys love Plumley, and, and you know when his name was called, he rose to the occasion. Um, that throw, that throw from Corral. I'll, I think I saved it. Let me show this thing to you guys if you don't remember it. Th- this is just stupid. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. This was uh, the touchdown when it was tied at 38. Yeah, it was tied at 38 with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Look at where he throws this football. Second and 10. So he is on his own 33-yard line, 33-and-a-half-yard line, okay, when he throws this football. And he just casually stepped into it, too. Like, this is not... Or he took a crow hop or anything. He casually steps into this throw. I mean, are you kidding me? What is that, 64 yards on a dime with just a a casual step into it? This is stupid. This is what NFL quarterbacks do. This is not typical college football. This is a stupid throw. It's just so casual. It makes it look so easy. It should have been a touchdown. Sanders, it looked like it took him a second to pick the ball up out of the air because he could have adjusted on it a little bit better, but he's running it full speed. This is a stupid, stupid throw. But that's who he is. What a catch. 63, 64 yards on an absolute dime. That's just stupid, but that's who he is, and that's the kind of day he had on a day where he had to absolutely be perfect. He was, and Ole Miss wins. On the other side, again, uh, my issue with the defense, uh, I, I, the three-two-six is fine. It's not being executed well. They're not tackling well. They're not physical enough. Um 
they, they got into a couple of third and long situations today and couldn't get off the field. Uh, they missed Jacob Springer badly. Uh, not bringing any pressure at all. Not bringing any pressure at all. I mean, the amount of times that it was just a three-man rush and, and just letting K.J. Jefferson sit in the backfield and just pick them apart was was nauseating to watch, honestly. It was nauseating. Um, it's just... Um, you know the unit's supposed to be better. I think they're better than the way they looked. I think they're ha- they're going to have to make some personnel decisions. Uh, guys that are not starting look better than starters, especially in the secondary. Um, you know maybe they have to start getting out of this. But it was brutal to watch today. But it's not just scheme. I mean, I, again, it's not just scheme. And, and here I am complaining about not sending any pressure whatsoever. But. Guys are in position to make plays sometimes, and they just don't. They just don't. It's a, it's a poorly coached, it's a poorly executed unit right now as well. Mike says, today we stayed in a three-man front on fourth and one, and conversely, Arkansas had all 11 within two yards of the line of scrimmage when they stopped us on fourth and one. Yeah, and um, Bryce Young, when he's rattled, when, when there's pressure, look at how he looks. I know Ole Miss doesn't have the same athletes that Texas A&M does, but A&M brought pressure all game long from various different places. And they rattled Bryce Young. Scott says, do you think if Pittman went for overtime instead of the win, would the results have changed? Hmm. Arkansas had eight trips to the red zone. Ole Miss only had three today. I think Arkansas would have been better equipped to score in the red zone than Ole Miss would have. I admire the call, though. I'm not. I'm not going to hindsight uh, Sam Pittman's decision. I'm not saying you're doing that either at all. You're asking a really good question. Um, I, I admire the decision from Sam Pittman. You've played this wacky game. You scored with no time left. You shouldn't have been able to run that final play anyway. Uh, but you did, and you scored. Go for the win. Go for the win. Coach with some guts, and he did that. He coached to win today, uh, and I respect that uh, a lot. And his kids play hard for him, too. I like Sam Pittman. I I love the decision, and it was unconscious, too. The second they scored, it's hand up. We're going for two. Unconscious decision-making from a second-year head coach. Um, I admired that. Not the best play call in the world, but people are criticizing the play call too. Arkansas fans are furious about it. Like, I guess, you know, I was expecting them to run because they've had such success, but you knew Ole Miss was going to stack the box. And Arkansas was able to score on a almost identical look earlier in the game and almost looked lost when they did it the first time. So, yeah, it, it's always easy to, to criticize things when they don't work. Like, if... Arkansas would have scored on that play. Kendall Bryles would have been a genius, but since they didn't, he's a moron. Sometimes a play call can be good or a decision can be the right one and it not work out. In sports and in in life, you can make a sound decision and it not work out. You can take a professional risk that that was a, a good choice and the job isn't what you thought it was, stuff like that. Whatever the case may be, just because the outcome wasn't good doesn't mean the decisions that led into that weren't good. That identical look baffled Ole Miss earlier in the game. So he went to it again. Ole Miss was just ready this time. Not going to criticize that. Memphis Rebel says now somehow KJ is better than Matt Corral. Yeah, they can say that, but they don't actually believe that. They, they don't. Spencer Rattler in Oxford next season. You don't want that locker room cancer in Oxford next season. Nope. I've seen a couple people suggest that today, and I'm telling you, the the reason that Oklahoma students were chanting for their backup last week was not just because they think the backup is a better football player. That's a locker room issue waiting to happen. That particular player, very talented not not the personality I'd want in my locker room because there's more to playing quarterback than just being able to throw a football. I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't. I think he's going to end up going to the NFL anyway. 
uh, but I wouldn't touch it. Nope. That's a big time red flag. He's got red flags to me. You can see it all the way back to his high school days in that Elite 11 documentary. And again, his student body, when he was not playing poorly, was calling for his backup. There's a reason why. It's not just football. Jason says, Carl's the best pro-style quarterback in the country. Jefferson isn't yet, but will be very soon. The best dual-threat system quarterback in the country. Yeah, he's very good. I think he's got a bright future. He does. He's got to be more consistent, though. He's young. It can get there. But he has got to be more consistent. Memphis Rebel, are you a fan of any team you cover? Um, Full transparency. So I'm not a journalist, which is nice because I can – you know, say whatever I want and not worry about ethics. Just a commentator. What's best for me, truthfully, is when Ole Miss and Mississippi State win. More people consume my content. More people watch stuff. More people follow me. More people are engaged and excited. And when when fans are engaged and excited, that means advertisers are engaged and excited. Because the thing about business owners in Mississippi they are Ole Miss and State fans. And so if Ole Miss is playing well, Ole Miss business owner wants to hear his business when people are talking about how good Ole Miss is. When State's playing well, local business owner that's a State fan wants to hear his business when people are talking about how good State is. Um, I did. Again, I'll be transparent because if you consume my content and you think that I am anti-Mississippi State, you're a fool. I'm not. That is not how I present myself. Um I did attend Ole Miss, though. That is where I went to college. Yep. But it is best for me. And um, what's best for me is also what's best for that little sleeping baby next door. Uh, If Ole Miss and State win every game they play, that's what's best for me. That's what I want to happen. It's more fun. It's more fun to talk about it. The the Omaha run, I mean, summer, I mean, in June, I'm sitting here talking about meaningful sports. It was amazing. Numbers. Numbers were really good. You know what that means? It means I can feed them, you know? So I'm I'm happy. So there's the truth, Memphis Rebel. I want the teams in the state to win because when they win, you guys are excited. And when you guys are excited, you want to hear more about how good your team is. That's the truth. Jake says, good question. When was the last year in college football that had this much shakeup of losses of top 10 teams? I'll look into that more to see if there's a year that has um, – hmm. I don't know what the search criteria will be. I'll try to find something, but I don't remember off the top of my head a year that was this imbalanced, this inconsistent. I really don't remember a year that's been like this. This has been amazing. It really has. I, like I'm, I'm redeveloping a love for college football. The last few years, I mean, you guys have been through the same. We've heard from you. Have been tough because it's Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and whoever the hell else, and that's it, and everybody else is bad, and nobody can beat them, and there's no chaos. It's just kind of chalk, and chalk is not fun. I am redeveloping my love for college football because of this season. It has never – never is a big word. I cannot remember – a time that it felt this in doubt, which is a great thing for the sport. I mean, Penn State, Iowa mattered today. It's a great thing. If we had a 12-team playoff too, so many more games would matter, and all of this chaos would be more than just chaos. It would be meaningful chaos, but at least we got it. Is he better than Chad Kelly in college? Ooh, I got to scroll back to your comment. I've got, oh, wait, I lost you. I lost it. There we go. Is it better than Chad Kelly in college? Um, Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Because the, the thing about what Matt's having to do, Chad Kelly had good defenses. There was less pressure on him. Matt today had to be perfect. He had to be perfect today, and he was. He had to be perfect last year. You saw what happened when he wasn't. Yeah, 
I mean, he'll be the first first round pick in Ole Miss since Eli. Yeah. Williams says Snoop got more PT. Look at what happens when you give the ball to Snoop Connor. Good things happen when you give the ball to Snoop Connor. Jason says, yep, Arkansas's offense is mismatched for every defense in the league outside of Georgia. Ole Miss figuring out how to win that game speaks volumes about coaching staff and Corral. No doubt. Early uh, analysis on the Ole Miss UT game next week. Uh, Hendon Hooker is a hell of a lot better than uh, um, Joe Milton, no doubt. Uh, Tennessee's playing really well right now. They're really confident. I think Tennessee has had the benefit of playing bad teams, but they've done it by running the football against bad teams. This is going to be tough. I have a feeling this game in Knoxville is going to shake out very similar, similarly to the one you just watched today. Uh, Hooker's good. He can run himself. Uh, Tennessee can run the football. Uh, they're not great on the offensive line. They've got a couple of dudes on the other side of the ball that I think can play. But but that's the thing. Tennessee is a, a drop-off from Arkansas in trench play. I think that's that's very safe to say. Is Tennessee's a drop-off from Arkansas in trench play. Uh, but it is on the road. They, they are feeling themselves, and they can run the football pretty well. T says, can we play Snoop more now? Yes. Gosh, I mean, and he only got 12 carries today. But, yes, he, he needs to be fed the football a lot more. Uh, Brett, it is good. Yeah, I, I just – yeah, I'm, I'm behind on these comments a little bit. But, yeah, Tennessee runs the football well. They've got a couple of good backs, and the quarterback can run uh, as well. I, I'm not blown away by their offensive line, though. Again, I think they've just been the benefactor of playing two pretty bad football teams. I mean, South Carolina's roster, if you listen to me this summer – you you knew that they were going to be this bad. At least you should have. There was nothing about South Carolina that would have been able to compete against anybody in the SEC outside of Vanderbilt. Uh, roster's terrible. And Missouri fired their defensive line coach. Uh, so I think a lot of it has to do with who they've played, but also how they've played. Yeah, that's the John Elway throw. They don't teach that. You're either born with it or you're not. Yeah, talking about that corral throw earlier. He also says us deferring in the beginning, talking about Ole Miss, was uh, really won them the game. There were a couple of times where I think Ole Miss could have blown it open and uh, had had a bad series of play calls on offense. I think there were a couple of times where they really could have uh, put the ball in Crow's hands more. Uh, that little quick pitch, I hate that thing too. Uh, but that led to a three and out, gave Arkansas the football back. Um, in a game that's a one-point game. There are so many, so many little factors like that that you can go back and think of. If you know, if this doesn't happen or if that doesn't happen, if Chance Campbell, I know it led to a punt or, or almost went three and out after, but his turnover, that strip. If that doesn't happen, what's the score of the game? Who knows? Um, Arkansas should not have been allowed to run that final play though either. That was a clock operator thinking up there. Let it run out and then let the officials put one second on the clock if you need to. But they shouldn't have, by the way. Um, if you go back and watch it, the game should have ended there. It should have. If the clock operator actually lets it go, they should have let the the game end there. Is he out for the year? I, I don't know. I mean, he was on the sidelines today. Kiffin said after the game that they need him back and they expect him back, but they've said that for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, Tucker, I, I, I this probably came before... Uh, I explained it, but I, I I did see where they ran the similar concept that bit Ole Miss um, earlier in the game, and they tried to do it again, and Ole Miss was just ready. Corral updates to minus 200 for Heisman. Is that the favorite now? Young had a bad day. And I'll, I'll say this about Corral. Um, there is an Alabama fatigue. People don't just want to give the Heisman to another Alabama player, especially a true freshman. Heisman voters don't like to give it to freshmen. They don't want to. That's why it doesn't happen very often. They don't want to do it. I think that means something. Williams says, I thought he should have gone for two on the next to last touchdown. Huh. The first three was a shovel pass. And Mike says he didn't know that about Rattler. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, no, nobody talks about it on record, but there is that Elite 11 documentary you can watch. And when you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. And then when all the other rumor stuff flies, it, it all adds, it all adds together for sure. Um, Mike says, you're certainly not the Homer Brian and I are. I appreciate that. I, I, I appreciate that. Chad never had a running team like Matt. That is true. That is true. He didn't have backs like this. He did not have backs like this. Uh, when is Coach O fired? Depends on what they're going to fire him for. Because are they going to try to use the investigations as reason? Well, if that's the case, something else has to come out. Because if they do it right now, you can't fire for cause right now. He's only losing football games. So I don't know. But yeah, it's over. I mean, they've they've made the decision internally. It's over. Uh, Scott Woodward's probably already working agents right now. He's probably talking to Jimmy Sexton right now at 11.43 when he's probably already back in his office in Baton Rouge with a glass of whiskey talking to Jimmy Sexton. All right, Jimmy. I'm going to talk to Lane Kiffin. I'm going to talk to James Franklin. Hell, give me Urban's number. I'm going to talk to Mario Cristobal, too. Why not? Matt Campbell, sure. Just bring him on. Give me all the numbers. We'll get the hot list ready. And how much would you be willing to outbid Woodward? If you're Keith Carter, whatever it takes. That's what it comes down to. Do not let money be what stops you. Do not let money be what stops you. It's an interesting situation, though. And I, just, I don't like talking about it right now because, uh, you know, a season's still going on. And we're not going to get any answers or anything like this until the season's over anyway. But I, I will say this because it, it's inevitably going to be a conversation because, of, of course, it's going to be a conversation. Lane Kiffin's name is going to get put up in the LSU coaching search. It already has been by Yahoo. The job's not open yet. Just get used to it. But there there are three factors. There, there's LSU. There's Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Does LSU want him? That may not be the answer. He may not be candidate number one. So it's hard for him to leave Ole Miss if he doesn't have the offer. He possibly may not want to. I'm not naive. I think LSU is one of the best jobs in all of college football. It's a top five job for sure. And you can split hairs on who goes in front of who, but it's a top five job in the sport. But they do have investigation issues going on right now. The Title IX variety, but more importantly for football, the NCAA variety. And... Dead Orgeron went 15-0 two years ago. One of the best teams in college football history already getting fired. Won't happen where he currently is. It may not be a fit for him. I mean, not every job is one that you want. And also, Ole Miss can put up some resistance. If LSU wants to offer 7.5, guess who's going to also offer 7.5 and then some? Ole Miss will. They will. Keith Carter will make Lane Kiffin a top 10 paid coach in college football after this season, with or without LSU's pursuit. He's not going to let money stand in the way. So it's not as simple as he's just going to leave. LSU has to want him to. May or may not go down like that. May or may not go down like that. Yeah, Lane Kiffin will be mentioned in multiple jobs. Always will be. Every offseason, he's at Ole Miss. He will be mentioned elsewhere. Yeah. Yep, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Um, He was mentioned for the Auburn job last year. You want to know who wasn't taking the Auburn job? Lane Kiffin. But he was mentioned. He was mentioned for the Tennessee job. It was complete nonsense. But you you want to know who was, was him? He gets clicks. He gets people talking. He gets people talking. <laughs> I love this. I love it. He says Ole Miss can increase my tuition by 50% just so we can keep Kiffin. I love that. Um. Other things that happened, so yeah, get your hot boards ready from LSU. Texas-Oklahoma was unbelievable. What a game that was. I mean, benching Rattler and having Rattler's backup that the students have been calling for for so long come in and win the game for you. Um, 
Casey Thompson is a great player at Texas, but man, they blew that. They just absolutely blew that. But Caleb Williams is a great player. He lost me for a second. I'm back. Uh, he is. Uh, he's going to be the starter moving forward. Is uh, is Caleb Williams? He's better. He's simply better. The team played better around him, and uh, and that's how it goes. Georgia Auburn went exactly how I told you guys. I, I got that one right. Exactly how I told you guys it was going to go. Did uh, did Georgia and uh, and Auburn? That's no surprise uh, at all. Um, Ohio State is back. They're playing really good football right now. That could be a spoiler here. Uh, what else happened this weekend? North Carolina lost to Florida State, who's righted the ship. There was a guy that used to uh, really give me crap because I said Florida State's not the worst team in the ACC. And uh, look, look who was right about that. Maybe it's North Carolina. Um, let's see. Ohio State's back. Michigan barely, barely skirted Nebraska. Scott Frost may be getting fired after all. Uh, BYU's out. Sadly, it was a cool story for a couple of weeks, but uh, that's it. Michigan State still undefeated in the Big Ten. That division, the Big Ten East, is really good. Really good. And they're going to start eating each other here uh, eventually. And Wake Forest remains the ACC's best shot at making a college football playoff. They stayed undefeated today. So I've gone at it for an hour. I'm going to go to bed. Thank all of you so much for, uh, for tuning in and being a part. I appreciate all of you. Don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Michael Borky on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. And, and I'll be back with you on Monday morning. So y'all have a great rest of your weekend. I'm going to watch the Saints tomorrow. Hopefully uh, right the ship after an embarrassing loss last week. And uh, yeah, and I'll be back Monday morning. See y'all then. Y'all have a good night. Mississippi Media Production.